Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Which is exactly the situation with the Indianapolis Colts. What in the world is going on with Jonathan Taylor? The answer is I don't know. You don't know. We may never actually know. What we do know is that training camp has begun. And Westfield, Grand Park, they see the economic benefits, at least one assumes they do. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us. He is from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. You can follow him personally at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick on the, the Twitter box. And regardless of the, the, if you will, scandal going on and whether or not Jonathan Taylor will be back or not, um, everything is uh, good in the world of, of Westfield. Finally, some value there uh, at Grand Park where people are coming, it seems, to uh, see uh, these games, this spring training, if you will, this camp happen. Yeah, I guess you could argue, Tony, that this uh, this drama around Jonathan Taylor is uh, is adding to the, the visibility as part of the impact that Westfield gets from the national media, uh, certainly locally here, but the uh, NFL Network and ESPN and uh, and all the other national outlets uh, descended upon Westfield to cover this uh, Jonathan Taylor story. So that's that's a piece of the story as well. As far as the economic impact, uh, you know, it's it's tough to measure. Back when the Colts uh, were in Anderson years ago, they had pegged the economic impact at I think five to six million dollars a lot of people thought that was very high it really wasn't that that close i haven't seen any really legitimate numbers on what the impact is uh in in westfield but you can just uh, you know the eyeball test to see from the number of people who are there over the weekend number of people in restaurants in in uh, the, the various uh, uh venues around town folks typically aren't coming there to stay overnight so there's not a whole lot of hotel uh, uh revenue but there is impact from the economy standpoint. A lot of uh, businesses around Westfield uh, seeing a little bump during training camp. I think when it, when it comes to the, the whole Grand Park conversation, of course, they're trying to sell it. Who can actually run this thing? They took this massive bet. And while I, it seems that the bet hasn't paid off, I maybe I'm not in touch enough with the people of Westfield to to understand it fully. But I don't see where there is great anger, but rather a question of, okay, what do we do now? Is there anger in Westfield that Grand Park has not been the driver that they thought it would because they can't actually run it the way they believe they could? Well, you you know, I I think, Tony, you've seen, you've had, had Grand Park has had detractors from day one since the idea was floated out there by by uh, the, the city's first mayor, Andy Cook. Uh, there are people who, who opposed it, didn't like the idea. Uh, on the flip side, you, you can look at some of the numbers that uh, are out there. 
and talking about uh, $100 million in new development in and around uh, Grand Park since it uh, opened and, and what it has uh, brought into the, uh, into the, uh, into the city uh, with the Colts and the Pacers and others uh, there and the things that it, that it has attracted. So it certainly has its, its uh, supporters as well. Uh, it was a big bet. It is a big project, one of the biggest youth sports complexes in the entire uh, country. And I think uh, it will continue to have those who, who don't like the idea, who don't think it was a good idea. But you've got those supporters who, who point to uh, uh, the traffic there and the economic impact that it has generated over the years. Speaking of economic impact, uh, Mount Comfort RV, you have the story Alex Brown reporting over InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Mount Comfort RV is going to be acquired by Camping World. Um, That seems to me to be not a story that is small. That seems to be pretty giant in my view. Yeah, it it is. And Camping World is is the big... uh, the big kahuna, if you will, in that uh, in that world, Camping World uh, Holdings, based in in Illinois, uh, Mount Comfort RV was founded in 2006. Used to be uh, Mark's RV Sales, and uh, you know the company actually it was just a few years ago in 2019 cut the ribbon on a five million dollar uh, sales center in Greenfield. So it's invested a lot of money, created a few jobs there. And uh, it has obviously uh, attracted the attention of some big players. And the anticipation is, I think this is the third location for Camping World in uh, the state of Indiana. The anticipation is that uh, we'll have the potential to grow in Greenfield as well. So we see this movement uh, happening. And certainly when we talk about RVs, uh, we talk about where they get built, which is uh, northeastern uh, Indiana. We talk about the idea that so goes the RV market, so goes America, so goes the economy. One could argue that the, the acquisition shows that there's still a desire for this, which means the economy is going in a good place. Uh, the other side of that conversation is that selling this is get out while the getting's good. So what does this tell us? Is, this, is, it, is, it a, is there a story here or is it just sometimes, you know, a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes an acquisition is just an acquisition. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think there's there's a lot more to this story per se, Tony. But your point about the RV industry, and obviously uh, huge in northern and northeast Indiana, eight, something like eighty percent of the RV sold in the U.S. come from come from Indiana. And in talking with folks in that market just last week, we're going to be up uh, for our Gage Indiana event in South Bend uh, tomorrow. Uh, <clears throat> There is some uh, concern that the RV industry is is going to be uh, dialing back production. But even with that that cut in production, they're still going to have or are on track to have one of their best years uh, in a long time uh, in 2023. So kind of kind of mixed signals, if you will, uh, more on the positive than the negative side, and that's good for Indiana because that is such a huge industry in particular in northern Indiana, uh, and one that is, is very cyclical. You know, uh, gas prices in, in the overall economy impacted in a big way. We uh, discussed the Indiana State Fair, which opened this weekend to temperatures in the four billions, and yet still, <laughs> still brought the people, talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter, at IIB. Um, the new pavilion... 
the, there's really this this better look for the entirety of the fairgrounds. There's clearly an objective not to give up on this, but double down on this. Uh, the fair is always great. You're going to get nearly a million people uh, to uh, the, the, the the fairgrounds. Um, what, as we've discussed a little bit, maybe you can get a little more insight now. What's next for the fairgrounds? You're losing the Indy Fuel. You're going to be losing uh, IUPUI, which will now be what uh, IU Indianapolis uh, playing uh, there. How do they plan on making this up? And with all this investment in, what is it that they're reaching for? Yeah, I, I think a couple things. And, and uh, you mentioned uh, the Fuel and IUPUI leaving ultimately the Coliseum. Stay tuned on that one. I was at the fairgrounds last week, uh, did a show there last weekend, and I'm told there could be a big announcement uh, regarding uh, the Coliseum uh, before long. So keep an eye on that. But in terms of that bigger picture, Tony, and I've covered the fair on and off years ago when I was a reporter at Channel 6, covered it a lot. And I've seen this transition, this transformation, if you will, with new facilities, new buildings. This uh, Fall Creek Pavilion that you mentioned uh, is really a great example of what the fairgrounds is looking at doing in terms of really enhancing their year-round status as a venue. That $50 million renovation of the Swine Barn is going to host these world-class ag events. So they're going to get those types of – continue to get those kinds of events – but it's also going after sporting events. They've got the NCAA Division II Track and Field Championships in 2025. They could put a portable track inside this agriculture facility that truly becomes a sporting facility. They've established a partnership with U.S. Uh, US track and Field uh, for uh, seminars and coaching clinics and uh, a number of types of meetings throughout the year. So I think you're going to see the state fair continue, and they've been doing it, but continue to broaden out and to be not just an ag event or an ag venue, but one that is truly multi-purpose, participating in uh, really in the convention and tourism business, if you will, uh, here in central Indiana. To be in that business, you need a place for those people to stay, right? They're going to stay downtown and are okay with the travel up to uh, the fairgrounds when there are parts of that area, whether it be on Keystone or other spots, that aren't necessarily safe. Don't you need a city that is willing to uh, make that investment to ensure the safety? Yeah, you know, safety always uh, is is a uh, is an issue, uh, no matter when or where uh, you're, you're talking about or what city you're talking about. And I think what the fairgrounds will tell you is, from a central location, right in the central part of the city, 38th and Fall Creek. You've got downtown that's 10 to 15 minutes away. You've got the North Keystone, as you mentioned, North Keystone, the north side uh, area that is not far away as well. So they feel as though they're positioned uh, from a, a geography standpoint, if you will, well to attract uh, to attract folks. Gary Dick, inside IndianaBusiness.com, on Twitter at IIB. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on the drive. Hubler.com hotline, 888-900-3393. 